tonight is Holy Spirit and Hallelujah. The bus bus last week was not from here. I was in the church physically. I was online. And where I was, I was just like, Pastor, please. I was fanning him. But don't worry, tonight there won't be so much bus bus in Jesus' name. If you turn your Bibles to the book of Psalms chapter 118, um, before I start my message, it's just something I want to encourage or exhort us on. The Bible says, 118 verse 24, the Bible says that this is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day which the Lord has made. We will rejoice. Someone rejoice. <laughs> Hallelujah. I hope you have been having rejoicing sessions. I see some people wondering what's going on. Why are they so excited? <laughs> you don't know. Glory. <laughs> we know that joy is a force. Praise God. Please have your seats. <laughs> joy is a force that changes things, that enforces the dominion of God on the face of the earth. But this is where I'm going to. This is the day which the Lord has made. Now, some of us may think that that day refers to Monday or Tuesday or, you know, a weekend or a weekday, but it refers to a dispensation. It refers to this dispensation where we are right now in the calendar of heaven. It's talking about us. All right, it's talking about the day of the church. If you take it from verse 22, you know, it's talking prophetically about Jesus. It says, the stone which the builders refuse is become the head of the stone of the corner. It is the doing, this is the doing of the Lord, this is the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our eyes. Then it goes to 24 to say, this is the day which the Lord has been. So he's talking about our day our time, the season and the calendar of the church, where we are right now. And the Bible says it is a beautiful day. It is a day of rejoicing. It is a day of gladness. Hallelujah. It is the day where the church of God is rejoicing. So if there is anything in your life right now that does not look like rejoicing, you must align it to the scriptures. This is not where I plan to start from this morning, but I sense in my heart, you know, just walking up, the Lord said I should read the scripture to us. This is the day of gladness for you, dear believer. It is not the day of sorrow. It is not the day of pain. No matter what it looks like on the outside, God has spoken about your day. The word of God has spoken and the word of God cannot be broken. Yes. Hallelujah. So when you see that your life is not in alignment, what do you do? You drag it. You drag it and say, in this day is only rejoicing. In this day it is only what? Gladness. Hallelujah. Look at the next verse. Now it says, save now. I beseech thee, O Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee. Send now what? Prosperity. Hallelujah. Our lives must be aligned to the word of God. And you know, God has given us prophetically the word for the house. It's our year of flight. Hallelujah. Not only that, we are the sons of oil. Hallelujah. Do you believe it? I believe it. Through us, through you and I, God is sending out his anointing and prosperity to the world. Hallelujah. Sending it into the church to beautify the church so the church can take over. We are the sons of the oil. Hallelujah. We are the sons of oil. So be encouraged, brothers and sisters. This is the day that the Lord has made. All right? Whenever anything is opposing you, tell yourself, this is the day that the Lord has made. And in this day, I will rejoice and I will be glad. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's go to Holy Spirit and your character part two. I was so blessed last week. 
And I'm just going to be picking up from where Pastor stopped. How many of us were in church last week, Wednesday? Some of us were online. If um, we're in church right now, Pastor did something very phenomenal last week. He said we should all share the link, and I think we should do that as well. Let's share the link to um, put it on our status right now so that more people can join and more people can be blessed. Amen. I'm going to wait for us for one minute to do that. Share the link, share the link. So the Holy Spirit and your character. One of the things that Pastor said last week is that it is very important that we, this message, this message of character is very important, especially for us right now in this season of our lives. Why? We just finished a very powerful conference and God sent his word powerfully to us. He gave us so many prophetic words. You shall do valiantly um, five times more. Hallelujah. Sons of all. You know, and I don't know how many of you are like me that immediately after the conference, you just thought you were just going to step out and everything was just going to, you know, start boom, 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 bam, 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 moving in your favor or change miraculously, automatically. How many of us were thinking like that? Hallelujah. So I was, you know, after the conference, because I really gave my all, my emotions, my heart, you know, I was, I really believed that God was going to move. And indeed, he did. He did move. You know, but one of the things I noticed was I just wanted to jump out. I just wanted to do stuff. I just wanted to, you know, go and son of oil, let me just be jumping and doing stuff. But one of the things I realized was the Holy Spirit just kept calling me back to fellowship more and more. He just kept calling me back to fellowship more as though he was doing something more inside of me. He was doing something in me, making me, all right? And, you know, I really didn't know what he was. I left the conference. I knew that I was so blessed in the Spirit. I know that, you know, my revelation knowledge was way more than before. But, you know, I couldn't sense, I couldn't see it physically. What had God done until life's challenges came? And one morning, and I'm going to tell you a real life story. I didn't know. You see, I didn't know that I had changed. And that's the, that's the message of today. When you encounter God, when the Holy Spirit encounters you, the first thing he changes is you. The first thing he works on is you. Because you are the one that will carry the glory. And then issues started coming. Troubles started coming from left, right. The first thing I noticed was I wasn't the same person that reacted. Normally, I would have been angry. I would have raised my voice. I would have, you know, kept the anger in my soul. And I would, you know, just give everybody some moody emotions. But the first thing I noticed was I could let go freely. I didn't understand what was happening. I mean, there would be like, it was, you know how the devil can just plan for you that on this junction, on this junction, he has sent like 15 people. That today, oh, everything that God has for you, you are going to lose it. And from the first to the second to the third issue to the fourth to the fifth, I realized that something happened. I was changed. I handled everything with so much grace, with so much maturity, with so much wisdom. And it was afterwards I had to call my husband and say, ah, babe, something is happening. No. I didn't know. I was really expecting that I was going to, you know, God was going to tell me, go, go and do this, go and do that. But I realized that what happened after rain conference for me was that I changed. Something inside changed. Something died. And some new life came out. It wasn't even struggle. It wasn't like I was struggling to confess ten times. Oh, I'm walking in love. Oh, this, I'm walking. I'm, we're going to look at the scriptures. Praise God. But one thing I realized was that I was changed. And pastor said this to us last week. He said the number one ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. And sometimes we miss it. We think it's the external things. We think it's the demonstration of power. 
We think like Peter, the first thing that will happen is as we walk around, people will start falling under the, under the power um, when they see our shadows or something. We look for the demonstrations, the power part. But the number one thing he does is to forge us into the image of Christ. When you encounter the Holy Spirit, when you spend time in the Word, when you spend time praying and fellowshipping with God, the most important thing that the Lord is trying to do is to forge you into the image of Christ. Jesus never promised to give us plenty of things, but he said one thing. He said, I will make you. Someone say, I will make you. So anytime you come into the presence of God or you spend time reading the word of God, you must focus on the most important thing, which is forging the believer into the image of Christ. And that's what we're going to be studying today. Your character. God doesn't want us saved and be rascals. God doesn't want our souls to go to eternity. I know our spirits are happy in God. And we're going to talk about the two sides of righteousness. Meanwhile, on the face of the earth, we are rascals. Amen. 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 That's the cardinal's work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We are saved and recreated in the image of Christ. But there's still an ongoing work of the Spirit in us to bring us into the reality of what Christ did for us. All right? And that, is, that means there's what he has done and there's what we must do. What God is doing in us is big. What God wants to do in us and through us, the people of the house of Petra, is big. Billionaires are going to be raised from this assembly. And that's the truth. God has spoken it five times more. Men with five times more are being raised from this assembly. And it's not far. We've already started hearing testimonies of these things. People in this assembly are already doing big things. Not by faith. By faith and works. Amen. Big things. So God wants us to have the character that can support these things. Pastor says something last week. He says he doesn't care the level of anointing you have, the level of skill, the level of talent you have. If there is no character, godly character that backs it up, it's only a matter of time you will self-destruct. It's only what? A matter of time. No matter how powerfully you preach, no matter how powerfully you sing, if it is not backed up by character, because character is what makes a man, it is going to, you are going, the person is going to self-destruct. Let's look at um, Ezekiel chapter 36. Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse 25. And I want us to see the work of the spirit in our lives. Um, and again, this is also a prophetic scripture talking about our day. And our time, it says, uh, let me start from verse 23. It says, I will sanctify my great name, which was profaned among the hidden, which you have profaned in the midst of them. And the hidden shall know that I am the Lord, saith the Lord God, when I shall be sanctified in you before their eyes. I will take you from among the hidden. So he's talking about the church. He says, I will take you from among the hidden and gather you out of all countries. So he's talking about our day, our time. It says, and I will bring you into your own land. Verse 25. Then it says, then I will sprinkle clean water upon you. I will, then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your filthiness, and from all idols will I cleanse you. Verse 26 says, and a new heart also will I give you, a new spirit 
will I put within you? We know that in the Old Testament, they didn't have the capacity to have that new spirit because they were spiritually dead men. So he's talking about our day and our time. He says, a new heart I will give you, a new spirit I'll put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you the, a, a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you. So talking about our day and our time, the believers in this day, he says he will take out the stony heart, he will give us a heart of flesh, and he will put his spirit within us. Let's see what the spirit of God within us will do. He says, and it will cause you to walk in my status, my statutes. Cause you to walk in my statutes. Cause you to walk in my way. And you shall keep my judgments and do them. So the primary work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer is not goosebumps. It's not falling under the power. It's not demonstrations of power. Amen. He says the first thing he will do is that he will cause us to walk. Someone say walk. You have to underline that thing. A walk, which presupposes something you do every day over and over. Something that looks monotonous, something that looks boring. No, no, nobody here is excited about walking except you're a new baby and you're taking your first steps. How many of you wake up and, you know, you're walking and you're like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm so excited I'm walking. This is so interesting. It is something you do over and over again. It says, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my ways. You shall keep my judgments and you shall do them. And ye, sh ye shall dwell in the land that I gave your fathers and you shall be my people and I will be your God. All right? So he's talking about the work of the spirit, walking first in us before then possessing the land that he has promised us. Look at the, uh, the way it goes. He says, I will give you my spirit. The spirit will cause you to walk in my way, and then you will do what? Possess the land. So a walk in the spirit is critical. A walk in the spirit, keeping the ways of the Lord, it is critical for us before we enjoy the blessings, the fullness of the blessings that God has for us. And ye shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers, and you shall be my people, and I shall be your God. Praise God. So the evidence of the indwelling spirit is something we can measure. No, no more we say we are believers and we are just tongue-talking believers. And there's no evidence. The evidence of your growth and your walk in the spirit is not the sound of your tongues or how deep it sounds or how long it sounds. Praise God. God is calling us to something deeper. It's not the shemboro, shemboro you do every night, every morning. All those shemboro, shemboro must be evident. You should be able to trace that since I have become born again, since I have started a walk in the spirit, I can see this evidence one, two, three, four in my life. God never redeems us and leaves us the same way. Because there is something he wants to use our lives to do. And we're going to be looking at that. Praise God. And I wrote here that one of the evidences of the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, in my life, is that he becomes a force for good in our lives. The Holy Spirit on the inside of you becomes a force. A force for good. A force to live a life of good which in turn causes you to do good. Hallelujah. Let's quickly look at Isaiah 32, a very popular scripture. We pray this a lot during um, rain conference. Um, Isaiah 32, verse 15. And again, this is also talking about this dispensation. This day and this time is a prophetic scripture. You must understand that most of the Old Testament, some parts of the Old Testament was history. Um, some parts were 
prophetic, speaking about our day and our time. And this also is another prophetic scripture. Isaiah 32, verse 15, it says, Until the Spirit be poured upon us from on high. And we know when that happened, at the, on the day of Pentecost. It says, And the wilderness shall be a fruitful field, and the fruitful field counted, we counted for a forest. Then judgment shall dwell in the wilderness, and righteousness remain in the fruitful field. Praise God. He says righteousness will remain in the fruitful field. Judgment will dwell with those who refuse it, but righteousness will remain in the fruitful field. It doesn't stop there. It now says verse 17, and the work of righteousness. And we're going to look into this word righteousness bit today before we continue. It says the work of righteousness shall be peace. So when the spirit of God is poured out, when we receive the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the wilderness becomes a fruitful field, many of us take that spirit, scripture to mean that yes, I become productive. My business is booming. Amen. My wilderness is becoming a fruitful field. My life is becoming a forest. Hallelujah. But the scripture explains in detail what it is talking about. It's talking about righteousness. So when the spirit is poured out, what we begin to see on the sons of men is what is called righteousness. Righteousness. And it talks about the two kinds of righteousness, the two, fo- the two expressions of righteousness. It says the, f- the righteousness shall remain in the, f- in the fruitful field. And 17, the work of righteousness shall be peace. And that is a very strong thing. It says where you see righteousness, you will see peace. Where righteousness begins to walk, when the spirit is poured upon your life, when the spirit of God is, you know, encounters you, what you begin to see is peace. Now we can look at that word peace to mean, or to mean absence of trouble, a peaceful life. And if you interpret it that way, that's good. But there's something much more to peace than that. That word peace is shalom. And that word shalom means everything that includes everything. It is the wholeness, the completeness. It means that if this was the whole package of salvation and you count 10 spoons inside it, it is the complete 10 spoons. Hallelujah. Nothing missing, nothing broken. I gave, I wrote some things here. It says peace means something that is whole, complete. It means soundness. It means welfare. It means health. It means wealth. It means prosperity. It means your relationship with people. I had to dig deeper to find it. It means friendship. When we talk about peace here, it's inclusive of every single thing that God has for you. So the work of righteousness is what perfects and beautifies the life of a believer. Thank God for the gift of righteousness, which we are going to see, which is very powerful. The gift of righteousness that we have received. Because we cannot do the works of righteousness if we don't have the nature of righteousness. You have to understand that. It's only a dog that can bark. I can bark, but you know, dogs know the dog that is barking. Amen? Praise God. It's just like a parrot talking. Me, I know that it's not a human being. He can mimic and say, come, come, yes, yes. But it doesn't have the nature of a man. So what makes a man begin to do the works of righteousness is because he has the nature of righteousness. And we need to see that when we talk about righteousness, we're not talking about sin consciousness. It's just one subset of it. We're going to look deeper into it. All right? But it says the work of righteousness is peace. Someone say peace. And that is what God wants to establish. Righteousness. You know, I want to give you another definition, but one of the definitions of righteousness is when everything is in right order according to God's plan. 
Your life is in right order. The world around you is in right order. When the kingdom of God is established in your life and in your world and in the world at large. So righteousness in one place is only towards you, but there's another branch of righteousness. You know, righteousness is like a coin. You see, there are two sides to it, but it's one coin. You can't say it's two coins, it's one coin. But you see, you can't, Pastor taught us this, at, 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 I think at Faith Seminar, one part of the coin that is wiped off and you want to use it makes it an illegal tender. If I go to CBN and they print 200 naira and they forget to print the back, even though it is CBN that gave me the money, but they forgot to print the back, maybe the printer error or something happened or a mefele happened, amen? <laughs> praise God. And I say, a mefele gave me this money. A mefele, praise God. <laughs> God will have mercy on, on all of us in this country, including me. And I bring it out and I say, this is a legal tender, even though it is from CBN. Even though one side is printed, once the other side is not printed, it becomes invalid. True or false? So there are two sides of this righteousness. It is one righteousness. But there's the side towards you, and there's the side where God wants to establish righteousness on the face of the earth through you. And that is why he's working on our character. He's working in us so that he can work through us, not just for us. Amen. And this is bigger than sin, bigger than sin. So I'm not here trying to tell you to count your plus, your plus goods and your minus good. Righteousness is not self-righteousness. The righteousness here is not self-righteousness. We're not counting your pluses and saying if you do 10 good and then you have two bad, it's still it's okay. Amen? I, at least I did not, you know, I did not go that far. You know, it was just chat. We're not talking about all that. We're talking about something bigger, something bigger here. So the work of peace, the work of righteousness is peace. Verse 17 says, and the work of righteousness is peace. And the effect, it says it twice, for emphasis, the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. And my people shall dwell in peaceable habitations. Once you see that word righteousness and you do a study on it, you begin to see that right after righteousness, God talks about our experiences. Talks about our, the blessings. Talks about the, the enjoyment that we have. Before we enter it, there must be a walk of righteousness on the inside of us. Is someone being blessed this morning, this evening? Praise God. So there's a difference between the nature of righteousness and the fruits of righteousness. But like I said, you must bear the fruits only if you carry the nature. And as a believer, what we are looking out for is your fruits. Now, I'm not one to judge you. I can't call Pastor Chiki and begin to judge him. No, but I can inspect his fruits. Jesus told us about this, that he went to a fig tree, expecting to get what? Fruit out of it. True or false? So time after time, Jesus is working around in our lives, looking at the trees of our lives, the branches of our lives, and what is he expecting? Fruit. And we're going to see that in John 15. A pastor, oh, you know, pastor always gives us this scripture. God is a capitalist. Amen. You must produce fruit. You see, Christianity is not a kingdom for lazy people. You must understand that. A lot of people think Christianity is just lie on your bed and I'm born again and you just worship and say, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. And enjoy fellowship with God, which is a very powerful thing. I'm not going to downplay on that. But there must be steps. That's why it is called works that we take. 
in this, relation, this, this um, relationship with God. Praise God. So it's important. So there's a difference. And Jesus is expecting fruits. Let's look at the differences. Now look at this. I said this here. That when we actively, when we, <clears throat> when both are actively at work in the life of the believer, talking about the nature of righteousness and the fruit of righteousness, what happens is that the force of righteousness is then released. The force of righteousness is then released. That exerts dominion on the face of the earth. Now let's quickly look at these two expressions of righteousness. The first expression is called the righteousness in the presence of God. Now you must understand this is the nature of righteousness. We can do nothing to earn the nature of righteousness except we believe. I'm not going to go through the whole story of why we need righteousness, but righteousness is man how God intended man to be. It is the nature of man before the fall. And the nature of man after Christ has resurrected. God, Jesus came, Christ came to reinstate us into that life. It is man as God intended. Righteousness is man as God intended. The nature of God inside man as God intended. He says, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. But we know what happened with the fall. Man decided to give his will, he's, he's um, decided to sell out to the devil and took on the image of God. The image of the devil, pardon me. Praise God. And Jesus Christ came to reinstate us back to the original image. I wrote here, to the original intent of God for man. I wrote here that righteousness is the ability to stand in the presence of the Father as though sin never happened. The ability to stand in the Father's presence as though sin has never touched us with the same liberty and freedom that Jesus had with the Father when he was on the earth. Now we know that Jesus was sinless because he was not born of man. He was born of the Holy Spirit. It was the seed of man that carried the sin, the sin nature. So he was born of the Holy Spirit. That was why we could see everything. We could see Jesus do all he could do. He says, righteousness is the ability to stand in the presence of the Father as though sin has never touched us. Because you see, the Bible says, who shall stand before the Lord? Who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord? The Bible is very clear. He who has clean hands. I think that is um, Psalm chapter 24. Let's quickly look at that. Psalms 24, I believe from verse 3. He says, who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in this holy place? He that has clean hands and a pure heart. Not every man can stand before the presence of the Lord. If that man has not the nature of righteousness, you can't stand before the presence of the Lord. And it's one of the things we don't know we enjoy as believers. That we can actually access the presence of God. Have you ever imagined it? Some of us, you know, we can't do a big deal when we access the presence of maybe a big man of God or a big celebrity. And like, oh my God, oh my God, I was in the same place with Michael Jackson, oh my God. You know, because their presence is something big. Or the presence of a president. You know how you will be prima and proper when you know when you hear the president of the Federal Republic of Nigeria, amen, is coming. Or the president of one of the countries you admire the most. I admire Nigeria, praise God, it's my country. You know how you will feel when you stand in their presence. I once, oh, funny thing, it just came to my mind. I think I once shook either Obasanjo or 
Tinubu years ago. My father was in politics years ago. So, you know, as a young chap, he always, child, he would just take us around. I think it was Obasanjo. I think it was Obasanjo. I think he was president at that time. I don't remember. And, you know, he just saw me. I was very tiny and he shook my hand. And, you know, for days I was like, I'm never going to wash this hand again. You know, and it was such a big joke in the house. You know, because I felt like I was standing in presence of greatness. Now, imagine you, mortal man. You have the ability to stand before God. Sometimes, you know, we don't sit back to think about these things. How that you, the way you are like this, you can close your eyes, lift up your hands, and get into the presence of God. Not the outer court. You know that nobody in the Old Testament could enjoy this thing. The whole of Israel, with all the Ten Commandments, 20 Commandments, wash yourself, tie wrapper, don't wear this, don't wear cap, with every single thing, they could never stand before his presence. Moses, as much as God loved him and he loved God, he could only see the back. It was only one man called the high priest once a year, and the man will wash, 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 prepare himself, first do sacrifice, then they'll tie rope on his leg, just in case he enters and he dies. And when something happens, they'll pull him out. Next. But you, as a believer, with the nature of righteousness, you see, the nature of righteousness is powerful. You can go into his presence and say, my daddy, my daddy. Because righteousness brings, him, brings you into the fatherhood and sonship relationship. He's no longer a God out there. He's now my father. And I can wake up in the morning and say, Lord, Father, I thank you. Thank you for I worship you. I come into your presence today. And you are actually in his presence. And from his presence, you can take joy. He says in his presence, there is fullness of what? Joy. So you can go there and just say, you know, everything is just so gloomy, Lord. I choose to, you know, access your... And you get there and just say, take joy. Take joy. It's so powerful. The nature of righteousness is so powerful. It is as though sin never existed. God doesn't look at you as a man that ever sinned. There's no spot. There's no... So sin is not the issue. So when we are talking about this godly character, you know, this second part of righteousness, we are not talking about you not fornicating, not stealing bread. You know, those ones are one level. Amen? It's one level. But we must come up here to understand that there is a responsibility on our shoulder. So let me tell you a bit more about the nature of righteousness. You see, it is the ability to stand in the presence of the Father without any sense of guilt, without any sense of inferiority. And you know the beautiful thing is that any man who stands before God, nothing can stand before him. So that thing also moves to devils and demons. You see, it is your consciousness of the righteousness nature that will make you see someone who is going mad and devils are displaying. Or you see the devil trying to, you know, dance galala in front of you and you tell him to get out. Because you know who you are. You know who you are. It's just like a human being and a dog. When you, it's because you, know, you don't know that you're a human being. That's why a dog will be chasing you. You can turn and tell dog, get away! It's true. You see, this is the problem with righteousness. You are not conscious. If we release dog here, now everybody will start running. But you know the trick with dogs, though. Don't run. You know that's the, that's the actual truth. I remember dog chased me. From beginning of shoot to the end of shoot when I was younger. 
just told me the trick. I said, no matter the dog, if it is changing, you stand and show the dog that you are a dog, I'm human. And I've tried it before. I don't know about all those dogs that uh, <laughs> they are demon possessed, but with my righteousness and my humanness, we will cast it out. Praise God. So that nature, it doesn't just make you stand before God. You know, it makes anything that stands before you bow. Because it is who you are. Now, you need to understand that you did not do anything to merit this righteousness. The only thing you did was to believe in the work of Christ Jesus on the cross. Let's look at it. I wrote here that God dealt with the sin problem in his son. So the sin problem has been dealt with in his son. And the moment we accept his son as our Lord and Savior, and we become one with him, the sin problem is dealt with. That means the sin that exerted its authority over you, whereby you could not but sin, now has no legal right. You know, because there are levels of sin. There's the one where you feel like sinning, but there's the one where you have to sin. Because the thing is a nature. And sincerely, I've been there, done that. Praise God for Jesus. Where you must know, you, you want to tell the truth like this, it's lie that will come out. I, I don't, Praise God. You want to say that, you know, it was just three people that went, and you would just say it was about 15 people. It's a nature. The thing will just hold you. You will not know. But you see, what righteousness does is that that nature has no hold over you anymore. God dealt with the sin problem in his son. He put away sin by the sacrifice of his son, and he has made it possible on legal grounds. Legal grounds. And that's so important. Legal grounds for man who was spiritually dead or who is spiritually dead in union with the devil to become a new creation by receiving the very nature and the life of God. This life and this nature is what is called righteousness. A man who has received the nature of God has become the righteousness of God. Not only does God make you righteous, you now carry the badge wherever you go in the realm of the spirit and on the face of the earth, I am God's righteousness. So when God is parading his righteousness in the realm of the spirit, your spirit is, this is God's righteousness. Anywhere, this is God's righteousness. Do you want to see God's righteousness? Look at that brother. All right? That was what Jesus did. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. He says, for he has made, for he hath made him to be seen for us. This is Jesus who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Hallelujah. So that settles the righteousness question. That settles the sin question. Because now you can say no to sin. Even look at Romans chapter, 30, Romans chapter 3 verse 22. It says, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith. Can we look at that scripture together? Romans chapter 3. And verse 22, do we have it on the screen? Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all that believe, there is no difference. So any man, anywhere, who believes in the work of Jesus on the cross can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. So righteousness is not an experience. It is a nature. It doesn't increase. It doesn't reduce. You're not more righteous when you pray or less righteous when you don't pray. 
It is who you are, the nature of God. Is, is this entering somebody's spirit today? So at any point in your life, whether you are waking from the sleep, even in your sleep, because I am very aware that devil, the devil is a big goat, and he appears to people in dreams. I'm very aware of that. Praise God. Even in your dream, when the devil appears and your mind is not conscious, your nature will rise up and beat the devil. Beats the devil black and blue. Praise God. Because your righteousness is a nature. Whether you are conscious or you are unconscious or you are semi-conscious or fully conscious, your nature is your nature. And what you have is the nature of God. Hallelujah. So righteousness is not an experience, but it gives birth to many marvelous experiences. It is the nature of the Father imparted to us and begins to gain ascendancy on our souls, our bodies, right here on the face of the earth. So now, because of this righteousness, what are the things we enjoy? We have peace with the Father. Peace with the Father. We see that the work of righteousness is peace. Oh, I've been, I, I, you know, for, for like a week or two, or I can't even remember, you know, I, I have just been, I have just been enjoying so much peace. You know, I, I'm just having conversations with the Lord, and I'm just enjoying peace, and I'm looking all around. I'm like, Father, I thank you for my work with you. I thank you for the work that you've committed to my hands. Thank you for the ministry you've committed unto me. Thank you for my marriage. Thank you for my children. I mean, I look all around, and there's peace. I'm, you know, and you know, the reason it's, it's, so, it's such a big deal to me is because I have lived in trouble. I've lived in turmoil. I've lived in a season of my life where morning to night to afternoon was bad news galore. When I mean bad news, bad news. There were days where fear would grip me so bad. You know, I know this years ago, fear would grip me. Sometimes I had fear of the unknown, fear of this. And then at some point, you know, fear was just, ah, and the devil was tormenting me. But you know, these days, it's, it's just so beautiful to be in peace. It's just so beautiful. And I tell you, this is what God wants for each and every one of us. You can look at your business and there is no trouble. That you are, you know, the part of the just is like a shining light. It's not the one that goes up and down. The Bible did not promise us up, down, 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 then up small, then up small, then a lot of down. All right, then you have like two bad years. All right, the next, the next year will be good. Then January, February will be really bad. Then March will not be good. Then you're not afraid. This August, hey God, this just help. No, the part of the just is as a shining light. The Bible is clear. We go from glory to glory. And you see, it is important we partner with the word of God. You must look at your life. And see, this thing that is not aligning, you must align. And brothers and sisters, I tell you for free, when you put the word to work, it always works. So you should not be single and be saying, ah, God, what is going on? You should not be in a marriage and say, hey, what is this? You should not be in a business and everything is going down, down, down. That is not our trajectory. If that is what is happening right now, remember where I started. This is the day of the Lord. This is the day the Lord has made and only joy and gladness is permitted. Christianity is not look and uh, just, you know, one of my dear friends preached a message that blessed me. You know, so he said, faith is not faith, F-A-T-E. That's what your black people call kadara. Whatever will be, will be. No. In this religion, we are not doing whatever will be. We partner with God. We stand on the same side with the word against every opposition. 
And we bring everything in obedience. We bring it to obedience. Hallelujah. So we must understand this. It's very important. Our life is from one level of glory to another level. And this is what righteousness brings. The first nature of righteousness, this is what it presents to you. Peace with God. Peace in your heart. Peace in your life. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Enjoying your job. Enjoying your family. Enjoying your marriage. Enjoying your health. Hallelujah. Praise God. That is the life. That is the life. I mean, even when the troubles come, you have the secret key already. Righteousness. The second thing we have is access to fellowship with the Father. And I think we already read um, Psalm 24. It says, who shall ascend, verse 3, into the heat of the Lord, who shall stand in his holy place, he that has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul unto vanity or sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing. You see that? Righteousness, after righteousness, anywhere you see righteousness, the next thing that follows it is the blessing. He shall receive the blessing from the Lord and the righteousness from the God of his salvation. Amen. Another thing he gives us is faith. Because now you can rely on God. Now you know God. So you can have faith to believe for the promises of God. Another thing is that we have freedom. And I love this. I already gave an example. Freedom. Freedom, freedom from the fear of Satan. Praise God. See, I understand though, you know, because we are wearing high shoe and pink clothes, amen? It doesn't mean that we don't fight battles, amen? Spiritual battles are real. You know, pastor has taught us about winning invisible battles. There was a season in my life, oh my God, the battles in the realm of the spirits wanted to finish me, but I know who I am. I just released, unleashed prayer and fasting. Stayed in prayer for long. Let the team rise up. One word, you are gone. Night upon night. So much. You know, and the devil is a goat. When I first gave my life to Christ, it was the same thing. I noticed that I would just be sleeping and there would just be one oppression, you know, on the other. And then I was growing. But all those kind of things, you know, you just take care of it. You just take care of it. Praise God. Because there's no fear. What is the devil? Falling angel. I am in the image of God. I'm not afraid of devil. Ah, are you sometimes come here, show your face down, galala. When I cast you out, you pack your load and go. The nature of righteousness frees you from fear. You can make bold decisions. Fear of devil, fear of failure. Because you know that you, your dependence is on God, not on any man. Fear of what will man say. Fear of man will not help me. Righteousness makes you bold. It's not just freedom from the devil. Freedom to become what God has made you in Christ Jesus. I can dare this thing that says I will not become it. I can dare this thing that says I will not make it. This fear in my environment, this fear in my heart, this fear that is telling me to take my life because I can't make it. I will look you in the eye and I will become all that God has said. Freedom from the fear of man because now our trust is in God. They did not help me. Hallelujah. It is in the hand of God to lift a man. It is in the hand of God to lift a man. And the way God will lift you, the people that were doing say you will not get there, they will all come and meet you. And because God is building character in us, we will be like Joseph. You sold me, but God sent me. Amen. 
So you see what this righteousness, the nature of righteousness does in us. It gives us the full access to sonship privilege. And you need to write that down. Full access. Full access. And this is powerful. Now remember I talked about this righteousness being two-edged. All right? One side here and the other side. Now we're going to talk about the fruits of righteousness. And this is where we're going into. So we've seen the nature of righteousness, how powerful it is, and the blessings, all right, that comes with being the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But it never stops there. It never stops there. Your righteousness is incomplete if you're not bearing fruits of righteousness. Now we are talking about our works in Christ Jesus. Good works unto the Lord. Now I want to read this scripture to you, 2 Corinthians 9, 11, And we know this scripture to confess for finances, but look at something here. It says, now he that ministers seed to the sower, both ministers bread for your food and multiplies your seed soon. And that same person who gives you seed, who multiplies your bread, is the same person that begins to increase the fruits of your righteousness. He says, and he increases the fruits of your righteousness. So we're talking about fruits of righteousness here. Immediately, the natural mind begins to talk about doing good. It means, oh, let me be a man of integrity. Let me be a man who doesn't cheat on my, my, my uh, a person who doesn't cheat on my spouse. Let me be a good and a diligent worker. Those, you see, you need to understand that this righteousness is not self-righteousness. There is self-righteousness. We're not talking about self-righteousness here. We're talking about the fruits of righteousness. And the only person we can compare ourselves to when it comes to the fruits of righteousness is Jesus Christ himself. Hallelujah. So the fruits of righteousness are not right actions only, but right actions that are carrying out the will of the Father. Right actions that are carrying out the will of the Father. The fruits of righteousness are not just right actions. It's not speaking right alone. That's important. It is fruit. It is Actions, right actions that carry out the will of the Father, just like Jesus did on the face of the earth. The fruit of righteousness is beyond human righteousness. All right? It is establishing the kingdom of God and his righteousness on the face of the earth. Look at how Jesus did it. For Jesus, he meant speaking the word of God. Preaching was an act of righteousness. So it's not just about being good, but obeying and doing the will of God on earth. Do we get it? I feel like I've lost some people. Praise God. Are we together? Do we get what the fruits of righteousness is? It is not just good works. It's not just doing good. Being good. But doing what? Being good in accordance to the will of God. To establish the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Amen. So for Jesus, what did it mean? It meant speaking the word. We see John 14, John 14, 49. He says, I have not spoken of myself. But the Father which sends me, he gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. So we see that Jesus, every time he opened his mouth, he was establishing righteousness. Healing the sick is also an act of righteousness. It's also a fruit of righteousness. Healing the sick, feeding the multitude. We saw one beautiful story. I know it's a story that is etched in my mind for, for the rest of my life. Jesus caught, they caught a woman in adultery. And if that happens today in this church, some of us will still act like those men. If we bring out brother this and sister that, not in our church in Jesus' name. We bind it in Jesus' name. But just in case. And we bring out one brother here and one sister, and we say they were caught in the act of adultery. What we will do, we first crucify them. 
And God forbid he's now a senior person in Christ. In Christ. But Jesus did something. He didn't accuse her. You see, that was the fruit of righteousness. He didn't accuse her, but empowered her to live the godly life. So the fruit of righteousness is beyond being a diligent staff. You will be a diligent staff if you understand this. It is by expressing the kingdom of God. That is why he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his what? He's not talking about the righteous nature there. Because you can't seek the righteous nature outside. The kingdom of God and the righteousness of God on the face of the earth towards humanity. It was that righteous nature that made Jesus walk the face of the earth and heal the sick. Hallelujah. It was what made him give. That was that's why we, when we read the book of, you, you saw the scripture I read, 2 Corinthians. It says your giving is an act of righteousness. It says God increases the fruit of your righteousness. Do you see it? Righteousness is such an important thing in the body of Christ. It increases the fruit of your righteousness. And that righteousness there is not your righteousness between you and God. Every time you see in the Bible giving, one thing that follows it is that God multiplies their righteousness. His righteousness is increased. Look at um, Psalm 112. He has dispersed. He has given to the poor. What happens? His righteousness. Let's quickly look at that. Psalm 112, one of my best Psalms. I think verse 9. Verse 9. He says, he has dispersed, given to the poor. He says, his righteousness endures forever. Talking about the fruits of righteousness. So giving is part of it. Healing the sick is part of it. Are we together? And that was what Jesus did. Jesus showed us these fruits of righteousness. Now let's look at John 15. And we're going to dwell here for a bit. Is somebody learning something tonight? Are you being blessed? Now Jesus, you know, was about to wrap up his earthly ministry. So he began to talk to his boys. And began to talk about the most important things in this day and this time. I'm leaving. The Holy Spirit is coming. These are the things you need to do. The first thing he begins to, he begins to tell them is, I am the vine. I am the true vine. And my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me, and I want you to read this for the first time. Read this with a plain slate. Don't read it with anything you have read before. Just imagine Jesus is talking to you right now. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. So he begins to tell them, guys, I'm going, you know, remember, I'm the vine. You are my branches. He says that if you don't bear fruit, he's talking to us now. If you don't bear fruit, I will take you away. Not, no time to mess up. No time to waste time. Praise God. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purged it, that he may bring forth much fruit, more fruit. Now you are clean through the words which I have spoken unto you. We, talk, we usually use this for soul winning, but let the scriptures explain itself. It says, verse 4, abide in me and I in you. And as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abides in the vine, no more can ye, except you abide in me. He says again, I am the vine. You are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. So he's talking about fruit bearing here. And you need to be clear what fruit is he talking about. It's the fruit of righteousness. 
Now we use this for soul winning, but what exactly was he talking about? Let's jump down to verse 8. He says, here it is my father glorified, that you bear much fruit. He's still talking about the same thing. He's drumming these things in their ears. Guys, you need to bear fruits. You need to bear fruits. No matter what you do on the face of the earth, you need to bear fruits. I'm going, and in this day, you must bear fruits. The easiest way to bear fruits, abide in me. Abide in me. When you abide in me, you will bear fruits. Then he keeps saying, verse 8. Herein is my father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. So when we bear fruit, God is glorified. So shall ye be my disciples. So he's telling them, fruit bearing makes you my disciples. Verse 9. As the father has loved me, he introduces a new subject here. A new term called what? Love. You need to see this very clearly. Bear fruits. Bear fruits. If you don't bear fruits, I'll cut you off. If you don't bear fruits, I'll cut you off. If you bear fruits, God is glorified. God is happy. Abide in me, guys. Abide in me. Bear fruits. Then it starts to say, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide where? In my love. So he started to join this fruit-bearing thing with something called love. Abide in me. Abide in my love. If you keep on reading, you see it. My father is glorified. As my father has loved me, I have loved you. Continue in my love. Now, the fruits of righteousness, the number one way this fruit is seen, because there are many ways it shows, there are many expressions, but the number one way is love. Tell your neighbor, love. Let's see another scripture. Because you might think that I'm trying to add to it. Jesus showed us himself the first and primary and the most important way to bear fruit is love. Our love walk. Praise God. It is not going outside to minister powerfully. It is not praying in tongues for 10 hours. All those things will produce something called a fruit. The fruit of what? Love. Look at John 13, 34. He says, a new commandment I give you, that you do what? Love one another. Can we have that on the screen quickly? Time is fast, man. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. Remember what we read earlier. He says, if you bear much fruits, you are my disciples. And then he comes here to say, if you bear fruits, people shall know you. If you walk in love, that is how people shall know you are my what? Disciples. So what connects being a disciple to fruit bearing is what? Love. So your Christian walk, your Christian experience, your Christian maturity rises and falls to the level of your love walk. All this righteousness talk we have been talking about. The righteousness inside of you, the righteousness of the fruit of righteousness, it falls down to something called love. That is why the Bible is clear. The greatest of this is what? Love. Love is the only thing that would exist when we leave the earth. Prophecies will not exist. I hope you know you are not going to have faith in heaven. No faith project in heaven. I hope you know. I hope you know you are not going to prophesy in heaven. I hope you know you are not going to fall under the power and be doing interpretations of tongues in heaven. But one thing we will do here and do in heaven is what? Love. And Jesus said to us, 
you bear fruit to the level of your love. So when Jesus was saying, the fruit, the, the branch that doesn't bear fruit, I will cut off. It is the branch that doesn't work in love. Now I know we like to say it is soul winning. It's the good. I know we like to say the fruit is the fruit of souls, the fruit of this. But the fruit he is talking about, the primary fruit that bets every other thing. What would have made Jesus look at the sinner woman and say your sins are forgiven if not love? If not love. What would make somebody look at a tomb, somebody who has been dead for days, and say Lazarus comfort if not love? The Bible says they knew that he loved him. What will make him feed 5,000 men? He could have sent them away, I hope you know. And nobody would be angry. But there's something called love. Compassion. That when you release the force of love, you have released righteousness on the earth. That when you release love, in any sphere of your life, whether with your children, whether in your job, whether in your marriage, whether in the ministry, and the world at large, what you are releasing is the force of righteousness. Listen, tap your neighbor and say, love is powerful. Your love work is powerful. Many believers are sickly and die early, not because God doesn't love them, but because their love work is not solid. You see, this character thing, eh? it is not just so that you can, you know, say, hmm, God is holding me. No, sir. You don't know me before I was born again. I for show you. No, it's beyond that. It's beyond sin. I hope you see that. We, are going, we have gone beyond sin. Deal with sin with your nature. Don't disturb us. Deal with devil with your nature. But when it comes to fruits that God is looking for, remember I told you this. Jesus is walking through. Our lives are like fig trees. Our lives are like the branches. He wants to pluck. And what he wants to pluck is what? Love. Very simple for very dangerous. So wherever in your life you see that love is not there, begin to know that, ha, Jesus is warning me. If you are not producing, I'm going to cut you off soon. I didn't say it, he said it. Look at this, John chapter 21. This was the last appearance of Jesus in the book of John. Now Jesus had died. He had seen them, he had died, and he had come out from the grave. And he had seen them, the first time he saw them, Thomas wasn't there. All right, so he had to come back again so that Thomas would know he's alive. Because Thomas said, I won't believe. That guy is sha. Jesus now had to walk through the walls, perform miracle for the guy. Walk through the walls, say, see my hope, put your hands. He said, Lord, I believe. But this was the third and final time in the book of John 21. And look at what Jesus was saying here again. Remember John 15. From John 15, he already knew his time was near. So he kept on telling them the important things. And John 21, he didn't stop. He, from verse 15. So when they had died, Jesus said unto Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, what did they ask him? Lovest thou me? He was going to commit ministry as we know it. The New Testament ministry. And he didn't ask for skill. He didn't ask for power. He didn't ask for anything administrative strength. What Jesus asked him for was what? Love. It is so powerful. So powerful. Lovest thou me more than this. 
He had spoken to them in his earthly body. He had been you know, resurrected. And in his spiritual body, he was still preaching the same message. Love. 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 We know the whole part. He asked him three times. You see, and Jesus doesn't waste words. You must understand. It's not like, you know, God forgive me, African mothers, I'm one. They will say the same thing 600 times and then call you and send you text. Have you heard what I said? <laughs> Jesus was not like that. If he said very, verily. Anytime you say verily, verily in the Bible, stand up because that's a serious something. For Jesus to tell you verily, verily, the word of God. And for Jesus to say the same three, three, three times, lovest thou me more than all this. Feed my lambs. So how were we supposed to do the work of the ministry? It's love first. Let's keep going. Are we together? The only way we can bear fruits of righteousness. I hope you now see the essence of this force of righteousness we're talking about. The only way we can spread the work of God on the face of this earth is through this love. The only way that Jesus can live through us and produce these fruits. The fruits of the spirit we're talking about is a walk in love. Galatians chapter 5. Pastor read this scripture to us last week. And we saw from verse 16. Walk in the spirit. Remember the opening verse we said. We read a walk. Walk in righteousness. Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Pastor did a great job, you know, showing us the works of the flesh last week. Amen. And a lot of us were convicted of idolatry, witchcraft. Amen. <laughs> because many wives are practicing witchcraft. You just know the text message you sent to whine him. Darling. Honey. You know, because they say witchcraft is um, like, uh, eh? Yes, praise God. Some of us were serious deliverers last week. Just that we were not rolling on the floor. Serious deliverers. Now we go straight to the point. Amen. Send me money, I beg. Glory to God. Amen. I'm delivered. I still ask for money today. But I, you know, for money, I, oh, baby, oh, honey. What shall we do to these things? So we're delivered, some of us, from envying, drunkenness. But verse 22 is where I'm going to. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. And you know, I always felt like it was a mistake. It should be the fruits of the Spirit. Ah. Because it's very clear in 16. It says, um, verse 19, it says, the works of the flesh. Ah. So the English there is correct. If you go to verse 19, now the works of the flesh. Ah. But he then goes to verse 22 and says, but the fruit, not fruits, of the Spirit is, and I've checked the interlinear. Pastor Tua studied it for us, and he said it is, is. That one fruit, that bears other fruits, is what? Love. Love is, is so important. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. I'm going to dissect this. My time is fast spent, but we'll dissect it a bit. So that we can be very well full tonight. Love, joy, peace. And everyone is important. All right? It's not written randomly. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. He says, against such, there is no law. Now, you can't walk in these things. Remember, this thing that is written here, this verse 22, it takes a walk in the spirit too. And you know, the Bible says in Romans 5.5, 5, it's very clear. It says, hope maketh not ashamed. Because the... God, love of God is shed abroad in our spirit. By who? By who? So what is the primary work of the Holy Ghost in us? 
That is how he forges us to become like Christ. Do you see it very clearly? How does the Holy Spirit forge you to become more like Christ? Shedding his love. So day by day when you stand praying. So you see, you must judge your work. Don't judge your work by how many chapters you have read. Don't judge your Christianity by how many kakabu, kakabu you have done. Don't judge it by saying, I, 52 Sundays of the year I attended. I wore 52 new clothes. No. Your work with God can be measured, sir. And I will tell you the three ways you can measure it. If your Bible reading is not affecting your love work, my brother, there's a problem. If it's not, and that's why I started with that story I said. After rain conference, I was expecting that as I go out, eyes of fire, leg of, of oil, amen. Shimbra Bobo. But, you know, I was just sensing that the Lord was just pulling me more to himself. I didn't know I was changing. And you see, the thing about the fruits is that you never see a tree that is doing like this to bear fruit. Have you ever seen a tree doing like this? Mm, 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 mm. Say what? I want born. I want born fruits. Have you ever? If you see that tree, will you not run? But the more you abide, the more you say, my beloved is the most beautiful. You don't just come out of there and say, oh, Jesus is so... When you come out of there, you will step into the world. You will see something that makes you want to say, ah! <laughs> Glory. Yeah. And Jesus is eating this fruit. He's eating it. He says, the more you do these things, he's supplying more to the fruits of your righteousness. More grace. As a minister, you want your words to carry more power. Thank God for praying in tongues. Important. But this work is key. Music minister, you are singing up and down. You have bad character. Pastor minister, you have terrible character. Only a matter of time, your words will become light. Only a matter of time. You see, God cannot be mocked though. You see, you can do kalukalo with everybody. But when you get you and God... When he weighs you like this, and say this one. The easiest way to become a strong minister, a strong Christian, is your work. And it is your work of love. Praise God. Are we together? Somebody being blessed. So the Holy Spirit is releasing this grace. As we worship him, as we spend time in the word, he's changing us, forming our habits, forming our character. I'm not the woman I was when I first met Christ. I can tell you that. I'm not even the woman I was when I started this year. I'm not even the woman I was when I started in July. Because the more I spend time, the more everything is. And I realize that as everything is changing on the inside, I don't have to work hard on the outside. I'm telling you the truth. I'm not working hard on the outside. You know, I always used to hear this man of God who used to say, you know, can I again, I read his books then, and he used to say that I don't do anything with struggle. I don't have faith by struggle. I said, everything is struggle. I don't have faith by struggle. He said a story that, you know, God told them to build Rema campus, and, you know, he took a minister friend, and they saw the big buildings, and they saw everything, and he kept saying, man, you are carrying a heavy load. Can I said, I'm not carrying a heavy load. It's so easy. I know back then I used to wonder that maybe this guy, you know, is just a grace or God just did something for him. But walking in it now and understanding that the more I align myself, everything flows easily. Easily. 
Hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which has been given to us. The work of the Spirit is primarily a work in love. I'm going to round up in the next three, four, five, ten minutes. Uh, so the work of the Spirit is primarily a work in love. We must yield to the influence of the, of the Spirit in us to walk in love. So that little tug. So you see the way it works. That little tug in the Holy Spirit that says, say sorry. It's a small thing to you, but it's a big thing outside. That's saying sorry that you haven't said. That next time you want to go and do that proposal, or you want to do something, there will be no supply of the Spirit. That small story you didn't say, you want to stand up and lead people in worship, you will not have the backing of the Holy Spirit because you have grieved him. So he comes so small, so small. Go and say sorry to your husband. Jesus. 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 Go and say sorry. Jesus. Jesus. I know he doesn't struggle. He will not struggle. Go and say. I'm sorry, but the Holy Spirit said, shut up. I'm sorry, but I said, shut I'm sorry. So this is not even about sin. That nudge in your heart that the Holy Spirit, sons of oil, sons of oil, and he tells you a given assignment. Go and give $10,000. He will nudge you gently. You see, because the, this works of righteousness, we are measuring it according to what Christ did. You are walking down the mall and he just nudges you. You see someone whose leg is like this. And the Lord says, just, just show him love and hug him. Let him see my love. Just pray for him. Sorry, I know, I know this is weird, you know. But, you know, Jesus loves you. Please, can I pray for you? Pam! You will see the dead rays. You say, what? Simple instruction. Simple. Simple. You are going and, you know, sons of God says, oh, I, I, I just want you to spend two hours, you know, just pray for China. Just spend two hours. Please, my daughter. So, oh, God, I want to sleep. Oh, I have a headache. Oh, this. Just those two hours. You will not know that something is changing. Then one day you have the opportunity to stand before someone and the supply, the Holy Spirit backs you. He takes over. And everybody begins to think you're a celebrity. No. They think, ah, this man's prayer life. Oh, my God. You know there are people that pray more than this. And, hey, who, ha, who? and nothing is moving. Oh. On the mountain, three days a week. Ha, hum, ha. So all that prayer, that there is no love work, is zero. Please, I'm warning you. Is zero. I'm warning you in the name of Jesus. Amen? There's no plenty of basketballs to the Abbey. I prayed seriously oh, that God, there's no basketball today in Jesus' mighty name. So, we must learn to yield in those little things, those little nudgings, those little things. That's where the power is. Walking in love, forgiveness. That's why Jesus could tell his disciples, forgive 70 times, seven times. It's a walk in love. If the person is not a wizard that is offending you 70 times, seven times. But even the wizard power, love pass it. So our love work is threefold, and I'm going to round up with this, and I want us to write this down. George, um, we're going to take our cue from um, Galatians 5.22. 
Our love word is threefold. Threefold. First is inward. And we take from the first three fruits of the spirit. It says love, joy, peace. Love, joy, peace. This ought to be what is in your heart and in your life. If you don't have love, joy, peace, these first three fruits, you will not be able to love others and you will not be able to love the Lord as you should. That's why Jesus said, and when I talk about love the Lord as you should, it talks about the ministry part of your life. Giving your all to God, giving your money, giving your body, sacrificing over and over. That was why Jesus asked Peter, love me more than these things. And what he wanted him to do was what? Ministry. So you must have a conscious revelation of this love in your heart. So the, your love work is first inward. The first thing is what? Inward. This ought to be in your heart. There must be love in your heart. There must be a revelation of the love of God. You must come to terms with his love and accept the love. All right? There must be joy in your soul. There must be joy. Anything given to God that is not on the altar of love and joy, you know it doesn't matter much. There must be joy in your soul. All right? God wants you to have fun. That's why he gave us joy. Hallelujah. Joy is Holy Ghost fun. Praise God. All right? There must be peace, which is an outworking of this love and joy. Praise God. So we must stay in the word and let that love turn on us first. The second is manward towards others. That talks about the three, the next three, long-suffering, gentleness, and goodness. Learn to be long-suffering with people. This really talks about character, character, long-suffering. Our love must flow to, towards people. We must be long-suffering. We must be gentle with people. It talks about kindness. And goodness talks about being firm, but still being loving. All right? The next one, the third one is God word. Talking about faith, meekness, and temperance. The love you show towards God is faith in him, meekness. What is meekness? Meekness is not weakness, please. Meekness is sticking with the word of God regardless of whatever is around you. God says submit, you submit. That is a meek woman. I'm not submitting because I love my husband, no. I submit because I'm meek, and that means God said it, I do it. Moses was a man, and the Bible says he was the meekest man in the whole world because he did everything God said he should do. That is meekness. It's a strength. It's not a weakness. Temperance, self-control. Self-control, all right? Our love to God was showing these three things, doing everything in our lives to honor God, to honor his will, and to establish his will on the face of the earth. So we are all in a love triangle. Tell your neighbor we're in a love triangle. Praise God. If that's the way you remember it. And if you draw your triangle, the first one is inward. Focus the love of God. Joy and peace. The second one here is manward. So your love is not complete, except you focus it on yourself, focus it towards others, and of course, God being at the top. So anytime you are judging your love work, don't just judge it in terms of my love towards God. It's incomplete. Don't just judge it towards your love, your love towards yourself when I'm getting in righteousness. No. Don't just judge it towards man. You must look at all three. At every point, you are checking yourself. How is my love triangle? What's my work with God like? God's love towards me, God's love towards others, and God's love to my love towards God. Has somebody been blessed? 1 Corinthians 13 is our assignment. We're supposed to take that, but we can't take that because time is fast spent. 1 Corinthians 13, I want us to all look into our Bibles tonight and go through it. This teaches us about love, how to love others. You suffer long, envy not. I don't like the King James for this scripture. Let's use the, King, the NIV. Love is patient, love is kind. It doesn't envy, 
It does not boast. It's not proud. It is not dishonorable. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. It does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. Love always protects. Love always trusts. Love always hopes. Love always perseveres. Love never fails. Can we rise up on our feet this evening? Has somebody been blessed? I want you to lift up your hands this evening and begin to pray in the other tongues. And as we pray tonight, the Holy Spirit will begin to shed his love abroad in our hearts once again. Now that we have an understanding of righteousness, the nature, the fruit of righteousness being our love walk, let's lift up our hands and begin to ask the Holy Spirit genuinely, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Pray in tongues right now. And I want you to examine your life. Have I been faithful in my love walk to God? My love walk to others? Am I really bearing fruit? Please open your mouth and pray in tongues. Please open your mouth and pray in tongues. Knowing that this is the most important fruit we ought to bear. This is the most important fruit. This is what opens up everything to us. Examine your walk with the Lord tonight. Examine your walk with the Lord tonight. Is my character changing? Is my revelation increasing? Am I sacrificing more and more for the kingdom? Am I following the instructions of the Holy Spirit in my heart? Please open your mouth and begin to pray. Please, I'm going to give us one minute, two minutes, and everyone pray for yourself. I, 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 I crave your indulgence. Close your eyes. This is between you and the Holy Spirit. He's the Father that is on the inside of you. Tell him to make me, to make you. Tell him to mold you. Lord, release your love once again in my heart. Teach me to love. Teach me, teach me, Lord. Change me. The primary job of the Holy Spirit is to forge you into Christ. To be just like Christ. Lift up your hands if you want to lift up your hands. But I want you to pray for yourself tonight. I wish I could pray for you. But this kind of prayer, you have to pray for yourself. Some of us were once committed to the kingdom of God. We were once committed to the word of God. God said, go, we went. But now we're not, we're not as meek as we used to be. We give the Lord a thousand and one excuses. Lord, you know, Lord, not again. Some of us will have to repent. But ask the Lord, Lord, shed your love abroad in my heart again, please. Let your love fill my heart. Please, Lord, help me. He wants to make you. Jesus said, if you follow me, I will make you. I will make you. He wants to mold you. He wants to make you. He wants to mold you. He wants you to establish righteousness on the face of the earth. I am yours, Lord. I am yours. I'm going to give us two more minutes. I want to give us two more minutes. Pour your liquid love again in my heart. Your love that heals me. Let your love heal me from every pain. Oh Lord, that I may have harbored from years past. Heal me. 
that brokenness that makes me offended, that makes me on the edge, Lord, heal me. Pour your love afresh in my heart again today, oh God. I mean, I've grown up tough and rough. Anger issues, daddy issues, trust issues. Lord, let your love heal me again today. Let your love heal me, touch me, Lord. We have just one more minute. Everyone pray. We have just one more minute. Please let us pray. Let me be an emissary of love. Ah, an extension of your character and your love to the nations. Let me be an extension of your love, of your character to the nations of the earth. I will not struggle, Lord. I will not resist anymore. Lord, Feel my heart, Lord. Feel my heart again with your love. I'm not easy to be angered. I'm patient. I'm kind. I rejoice in God. I'm full of faith, oh God. I have self-control. I'm meek, oh God. Your word is my, my source, oh God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask that you do a, a work in us tonight. Do a work in us tonight. Like your word said, O oh God, you will take out the heart of stone and replace it with the heart of flesh. Lord, do a surgery upon our hearts today. Everywhere that has become so hard, so callous, oh God, make it a heart of flesh once again. Restore our love to you, our love to others, oh God, our love to the things of the kingdom, oh God. Let your love burn afresh in our hearts. Holy Spirit, walk with us. Jesus said you are our guide he says you are always there to lead us lead us in the path of love we will yield oh God we will yield help us oh God help us oh God right now the Lord signifies that he's replacing the hearts hearts that have been hard hearts that have been hardened he's replacing hearts do your work in our hearts and our lives, O oh God, that we may produce fruits in keeping with this righteousness. Thank you, Father. Thank you for what you're doing in us. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Someone praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We hope you've been blessed by this message. To be a part of any of our programs or services, 
visit our website www.petrocc.org for our different locations and service times. We'll be happy to have you join our online community. Follow us on our social media handle on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at Petro Christian Center. You can also reach us via email at correspondent at petrocc.org or call us on 070-173-87222. Petro Christian Center, building Jesus communities globally.